Hello everyone and welcome to the Power of Music Thinking. My name is Christoph Zürn and this is the podcast for people with a musical heart and a wicked job. We're looking for stories, insights and tools from the big world of music to inspire leaders and followers to listen, tune, play and perform in whatever field you're operating. Today we're in Canada and talking to Adrian Joe, ex-IBM consultant, book author, wildlife photographer, artistic director of the Ottawa Jazz Orchestra, bass player and creative director of SyncSpace. We talk about how a damaged muscle brought Adrian to the piano and later to software development and IT consulting. He shares with us how jazz thinking can influence innovation and help embrace the unknown so that exciting things can happen. And we discuss the essence of how people work meaningful together, how people deal with adversity in teams and what this means for team development. And we talk about his new endeavor, SyncSpace, and why audiences on this platform tip four to six times more than they already have paid. All right. Welcome to The Power of Music Thinking, and welcome, Adrian. Thank you very much, Christoph. It's a pleasure to be here speaking with you. Adrian, to, to start, what was your first concert or performance, or maybe just a sonic experience that had an impact on you? Mm. Well, uh, so, you know, I began uh, singing in a boys' choir, Uh, and uh, so some uh, a choir came around to the school and uh, there was sort of like, I mean, it wasn't a professional choir, but it was a quite a serious choir, uh, young young boys, and um, and they were auditioning and they came to, to the primary school that I was in at the time. So I think I was maybe eight at the time. And, uh, and, and we had auditions and, and then I, I ended up in this choir. And then I remember we had our first uh, performance And uh, we were singing Christmas carols, oh. and uh, we had to hold these candles while we were singing. We had a candle and just had like a little piece of uh, cardboard around the base of the candle because the wax is dripping down just to make sure that the wax doesn't go on your hands. Yeah. Uh, but somehow I remember when I was singing, I'm not sure how, the wax ended up <laughs> going, on my, <laughs> going on my hands and it gave me a bit of a, a scare Uh, and uh, but yeah, just the, that whole experience of of making music with other people and performing uh, for for other people, uh, you know, uh, in a way when you're when you're doing it as part of an on an ensemble and you're not as exposed, right? And your voice is hopefully blending with other voices. Uh, it's not, uh, you know, you don't necessarily you hopefully don't get it get as as nervous, uh, but still, it's a very exhilarating. Uh, Uh, thing uh, and and then you know just sort of the the experience of 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 bringing joy to people and just seeing seeing them smile and seeing them you know hearing them applaud and you know it's just a, a wonderful thing so yeah that's a that's a long long time ago wow 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 sounds sounds good and i really can picture seeing you standing there with a candle and with <laughs> <laughs> and the experience of eventually the the the, the wax going on somewhere yes. <laughs> great adrian you have a very rich uh, cv and uh, maybe you just uh, yeah introduce yourself who are you and what do you do for a living and then we can go step by step and sure, see yeah. how this uh, all connects yeah well so for most of my professional life i guess sort of since i, I left school um, well actually maybe i should even go back so so the thing is that throughout most of my life since maybe i was a teenager um, you know i started music as i said sort of at, at eight And then I, after I, I was singing, I, I played piano, and then later on I played trumpet, uh, and now I'm a, a double bassist or a contrabassist. And um, and then at some point, I think it was in my early teens, I started uh, playing around with computers, and uh, and eventually one of the things that was interesting is I left school and I went to university, and I was going to do a bachelor of music education to become a mm -hmm. music teacher. And, uh, 
and I realized pretty quickly this was going to be a very hard life <laughs> financially. <laughs> it was going to be very tough. Uh, and actually one of the things that happened to me that was a little bit disastrous at the time was that I was hoping to be a professional trumpet player and in my final year of school, I actually uh, blew out uh, the muscles around the lips here, what they call you know, the embouchure is the shape yeah. of, that you make uh, with your lips. And oh. I couldn't – I found that over time I was not able to maintain the embouchure. It, 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 would, it would start to fatigue and fail. Mm. And, I, and eventually I could only play like 10 minutes at a time. And I went to a, 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 a neuro, neurologist or a neurosurgeon and, and I asked eventually this, you know, once I got to a specialist and asked him what was going on and he said, well, you know, you've basically damaged the muscles and you have to stop mm. playing. And I said, for how long? He said it could be for a very long time. And it was actually a disaster. I thought my life was sort of almost over, right, uh, because I, that was what I wanted to do. And so I ended up having to go to the conservatorium playing piano, which is really mm. only a secondary instrument for me. Um, so anyway, I did my first year of this uh, Bachelor of Music Education, and then I decided, you know, this is going to be pretty tough, and there's no reason why I, I can't do music at a professional level uh, and earn you know money from music uh, without necessarily having to rely on it full time. So I decided to go into uh, into software development, into IT, mm. and so that's what I ended up doing professionally uh, for over thirty years. And yeah. and throughout all that time, I tried to do music whenever I could, which in some cases turned out to be very hard just because of the time that I was spending on my day job. Uh, and so there was actually a period of about ten years in which I did very little music. Uh, but then uh, actually since I, uh, um, well, I was born in Australia, I, I grew up in Australia and I, I came to, to Canada uh, where I am now uh, when I was about uh, 30. And so, so this is about 20 years ago. And when I came here, this is actually when I, when I took up the, the, the double bass, the contrabass. And, uh, and I also started leading bands and producing shows and doing lots of other things. So I was doing all of that while I was, while I was in tech. And then a few years ago, I decided to leave tech and I decided to do something which is totally different to any of these other things that I've talked about, which is to become a, a wildlife photographer. I, I had taken up photography at some point and, and I really loved wildlife photography and the idea of, of being out in nature and, and trying to use photography to, to uh, make people more aware of, of nature and, and climate change and, and you know, so, so many things that, that, that we're struggling with. Uh, and then because of the pandemic, that actually threw all of that uh, for a loop. So I ended up having to pivot uh, and then I ended up doing something that I'm doing now that I'm spending 100% of my time on now, which I never really thought I was going to do, which is I, I started this company called SyncSpace.Live, which is a platform to allow musicians to perform together over the internet uh, at, at a professional level. The service is aimed at professional musicians. Uh, and in fact, I used the platform to run a virtual venue, which is now on a mid-year break, but for the first six months of this year, uh, I presented over sixty concerts, and so these are these are ticketed concerts. Um, actually, in August, I am doing two shows. I'm actually doing one show tomorrow night, um, but uh, and so um, that has been fairly interesting. So that that's where I am today, and that's funny because I I ended up then using both my musical skills mm. and my technological skills, which it was pretty much an accident, really. I never had any plans to do this. It's just that the, when the pandemic started, you know, none of us, we, we couldn't perform together anymore, yeah. right, Cause, because of social distancing. Uh, and so, yeah, that's where I am today. Sounds like a logical synthesis of all, all your <laughs> I, skills I, yeah, and, guess, uh, yeah. and, ex uh, and experience. Um, let's talk about SingSpace a little, little mm -hmm. bit later, uh, yeah. more about it. Um, but you've been also a, a consultant for IBM for many years. Oh, yeah, yeah. I worked for many big companies and many small companies and small companies trying to become big companies and big companies trying to be smaller and more agile, like IBM and Bosch and other, other companies like that, you know, uh, uh, Procter & Gamble, you know, big corporations who are trying to become faster and more agile. Uh, and so, yeah, I've been very big on the idea of agility and execution. And I ended up, because I, I 
at some point I started to identify these parallels, right, which, which you know very well about between music and other activities. Mm. And, uh, and because I've, I felt I had a lot to say about this or perhaps people were asking me things and I felt like I was repeating myself all the time, <laughs> I thought I'll just write a book about it. Uh, and, and so I wrote, wrote a book called The Jazz Process in 2010 and that book was, was primarily about what jazz musicians do uh, and how it uh, relates to other fields and how the activities that people, you know, the things that people do in other fields uh, are often, uh, you know, very similar in, in the, the way that they interact. Uh, and so it's mostly about teamwork, really. It's mostly about how people, people work together and how they, how they uh, deal with, with adversity, right, and deal, mm. with, deal with, with change and they deal with chaos and, and so forth. Yeah. And um, to use jazz as a, as a process, so that's that's the name of the book. Yes, the, the jazz process. Yes, there's there's a quote from Bill Evans. You've, uh, I'm sure you know. Um, he's talking about. I feel that jazz is not so much a style as a process of making music, and that's connected to how how can you co-create how can you use that what uh, often we, we say let's improvise but um, yeah as a matter of fact that's the the yeah that's just um, getting rid of the problems uh, because the plan didn't work and but right. in the chess process that's totally totally different it's a real way of, of looking to to something of um, a, a mindset yeah and part of that mindset is that you actually embrace change you actually embrace unknown in fact you you try to introduce unknown things into the performance or into the into the environment um, because exciting things could happen could come out of that of course it's also risky and perhaps scary for some people right um, but uh It, it, you know, the whole jazz thing is fairly interesting, right? Because when you ask people what is jazz, you know, they have lots of ideas about what it is. But, but and, and there's two words, you know, one is improvisation, right? Uh, and, and, another, and, and another, another word is, word, word is in, in innovation, right? Uh, mm. and, and those things end up being, uh, you know, quite sort of similar, right, in terms of the, the actual processes that, that, that go on because typically when jazz musicians are, for example, improvising a solo, they're trying to come up with something unique to mm. say, right? They're trying to, trying to come – and that, that's often what we're trying to do when we're, when we're innovating in technology is we're trying to come up with a unique problem to a, a – an solution to a, to a problem. Yeah. And in, 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 in that respect um, – There, there's also one thing that comes often, uh, of, that comes up often, is um, how do you scale this? Because you, you're also a conductor of uh, of the the Ottawa Jazz Orchestra, right? Yes, yes. So, and how big is the orchestra? Uh, well, and that's one thing that's interesting is that the orchestra is is not even a standard size. I mean, when we play in a big band format, it's 15 or 16 people. We've had as many as 30. 40, 50 people on stage, we, 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 we change the ensemble depending on what mm. we're doing and what instrumentation is required. Sometimes we've just had like a whole string orchestra and a saxophone yeah. player in a rhythm section. Um, but, yeah, sometimes it's, you know, 20, 30, 40 people. Yeah. So th I think that's interesting because um, in smaller teams that's very close to jazz and everybody is acting and improvising, listening, Uh, and when you scale it up, there, the, the probability that there must be some score is much bigger and people improvise more in a, like you just said, or in the solo, or but not right. everybody's improvising yes. at the same time. And, and um, I like this analogy to, to help sometimes people in business to, to let them feel on, on one part what this could mean. And on the other side, they also want to have absolutely control, uh, which there is not uh, all the time. Yes, yes, yeah, and yeah, so, you know, the scalability, the scaling part of it has always been of, of great interest to me, and that's why I mentioned that when I worked for some of these companies, you know, like everyone generally wants, every company generally wants to grow. That's the sort of the impetus in businesses, right, is to always keep growing and get bigger and make more money and, and so forth, right, and and things happen, there are transformations that happen as, as you, you grow and things become harder, 
uh, and for, for many, many reasons. So typically companies, when they're small, they're a lot more agile, right? And, and they're a lot more in, in, innovative. And, uh, and so it's, it's fairly interesting to see what happens, right, as, as companies scale and then where they get to the point where they realize, uh-oh, we've lost something. How do, we, how do we get it back, right? How do we get back that thing that we had 20, 30 years ago, right? And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, really, it's really fascinating, right? I mean, you take a company like, like Bosch. I, I, I did a bit of work with them, and they have a whole unit within the company. And, and that company is huge. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of employees worldwide. They have a, a unit in their company that has existed for decades, and that, that unit, that the, the purpose of that unit is to try to help keep the company agile right to try and figure out what what are the processes and and, and so forth right um, so yeah it's a fascinating field well that's interesting because um, I, I couldn't imagine very quickly um, the analogy to music so just to turn it around not always do the analogy from music to business right, but yes. to take your your example of that company uh, of, of Bosch and and uh, what would this mean for 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 music so that you have a, a small team that looks for innovation for agility yeah well and in fact you know in a lot of companies there is for example uh, like the office of the CTO or the chief technology officer in a lot of companies is is a is is classically a uh, an office that is small and it does a lot of research and forward thinking and testing and prototyping and stuff like that and then tries to feed that you know back into the sort of the mainstream uh, of, of the organization um, but they're typically dealing with technology uh, you know one, th one thing I think that's always interesting is that if you think about you know companies have products or services but if you also think about the company itself the organization as a yeah. product, right, which needs to be improved all the time and need, you need to fix bugs and all of these things, right? That, yeah. That's a whole, that, you know, that, that you, you have to, basically you have to invest and you, 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 you can see already the companies that, that don't invest in those things, that don't invest in culture and don't invest in the processes and so forth, you know that down the track that they're going to be in trouble, Yeah, at the very end, they, they get a problem. Yeah. I see this on um, three levels of, of uh, experiences. So there's one is the product service experience. So that is when you use the product from, from a company. The other one would be the, the brand experience to understand where does this company stand for and does the thing they do, what they say and the product I use, does this fit together? And, and the third one, actually, what you also just uh, is the organizational experience. How is it to work inside the company and with the company? And also to understand um, how the inside goes to the outside and uh, try to understand people so that so to to have these three experiences uh, con connected that's makes in, in, in my in my opinion a, a, a strong a strong company yeah well and it's interesting too that, that you're using the word experience right which is which I, I think now over the you know the past decade or two decades people have come to understand a lot more now that experiences are the things that really matter it's not it's not the product or the people you know it's ultimately the experiences of the customer the experiences of the employees and and, and so forth right and that's interesting too even in a sort of a, a jazz or a music performance context right because you know when you get up there on stage it doesn't really matter in the end what process you use right and even if the, the methods you use are unorthodox all that matters is is the audience enjoying it right? Are the musicians enjoying it, right? Will people want to do it again? Will they want to come back, right? Will they want to tell other people about it, right? And, and you know, we see the success of companies like Apple and, and other companies that, that at one point realized, okay, yeah, this is all about the, the experience. It's not about specifications or numbers or anything like that, right? Yeah, Yeah, the, the, these are the the good examples, and even like Apple, they're they're also changing uh, because they're getting so big that the experience that you might have had with Apple 10 years ago uh, might change totally because it's a right. it's a different business, a different business as well. Let's let's talk about uh, SyncSpace, your your new project. Oh no, is it a project? 
your new how do you <laughs> that, call it? That's a good uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 it is a project in one sense. It's also uh, it turned out it had to be a company. I had to run it as a as a business. Uh, which, you know, it's funny because along the way I distinctly remember at a few points saying to my wife, I don't, I really don't want to do this. Like I really don't want to, I said, I I really don't want to run servers all around the world. I remember saying that. I said, I just want to do something to help some musicians sort of in my town or maybe in my province or maybe in Canada. Uh, And uh, it just, the thing just kept kept growing. Um, And I really don't know where it's going to end. Uh, but one thing I am conscious of is having sort of been through all of these things, working for large organizations and, um, you know, talking about the scalability, right, is I really am very conscious of the scaling aspect. In other words, to me, there's a point at which I don't want it to grow like beyond that point, right? And what that point is, I'm not not sure. Um, right now, it's clear there's a lot of growth because I'm the only person it, the whole thing is me, right? And that is definitely difficult when you're at that that point. Um, but uh, I don't really want to, at least in my mind right now, I don't want to have 100 people or 1,000 people working in the company. I also don't actually even want to have, you know, 10,000 customers, right? I really want to focus on having a smaller number of of customers. Uh, and it's it's fulfilling now, and I think it, customers find it fulfilling that when they, uh, you know, when they need help, they're talking to me directly right yeah. now of course that's yeah. not necessarily scalable and if i get sick or something like that then then we have some problems right um but you know the experience of it right now is 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 generally pretty good for everyone and i want to keep that quality level as much as i can so that's the the, the quality focus yeah. and if you would grow you would be rather um a manager instead of uh, the one who's caring for for all the details maybe it's good to to explain what what you exactly do because um i think we can learn a lot from music and also a lot from everything that's related to music so in uh 10 years ago many people went to to sweden to learn from spotify how they are organized Uh, big banks all over the world they flew there they wanted to understand what's a chapter and uh, how does the, how does uh, what's a tribe and how does this work mm, yes, yes and and now we're in, in in the times where we speak much more via uh, um, yeah like a Uh, a quadra, uh, like a square, uh, to each other instead of uh, face to face, um, and we 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 have meetings and quality uh, time together. And I think there's really in, in in the sweet spot of what you're doing, on another level, on the musical level, something that I think we could learn. So maybe you can explain what exactly you're doing with with uh, Sync Space and what you're doing different compared to 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 other. Uh, yeah, services. sure. Yeah, so so you know, just to sort of get it out of the way in terms of what it is, right? You know, as I mentioned earlier, it's a it's a way for musicians to play together online through the internet, uh, and the technology, the core technology for doing these kinds of things, uh, to, you know, to send the video and to send the audio fast enough that you could play together. A lot of that stuff has actually been around for many, many, many years, um, but it was never really uh, aimed at a professional audience. Uh, and professionals never never really took it seriously. It was always just for friends, you know, amateur musicians to jam together and just play together. Uh, and and usually ex- the experience was was not fantastic, right? Uh, and so my goal was to to take that and to to make it good enough that professional musicians would want to use it and that they could put on performances that would be good enough that that audiences would would really love it and that they would pay money and that Mm. they would not only pay for tickets that they would tip uh, and that's what's happening at the concerts that I'm running the audiences tip and they tip very well right Um, so they they pay and they tip yeah they pay and they tip and they tip a lot like compared to how much they pay for their ticket you know like two or three or four or five six times what they paid for their ticket right wow so Um, let me uh, let me ask so um, if you have a concert It's one hour, more or less? That's or right. It's typically about an hour, yeah. An, an hour? Yes. And you, you would charge $15? That's right. Yeah, roughly. And then, and then after that, people tip? Yeah, like $50. Wow. You know, sometimes people tip $100. Wow. 
That's interesting. Uh, and this is not just one time. I mean, there are people who come every week to shows and they will tip like this, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, ho- hopefully that, that is appreciation for the talent and appreciation for the, the medium and the platform and, you know, and the way that we're, we're presenting it. So, so you know, that, that's what it is. And then the experience of it is so interesting, Right. So, firstly, let's talk about the the, the, the experience from a, from the, the artist or the musician's perspective. So, you are online, very much like you and I are now, or people. A lot of us are today when we're using things like Zoom or Teams or anything like that. We can see each other and we can hear each other. The difference is that the the fidelity of the audio is excellent. And we can all speak together or play music together at the same time. We can all make sound at the same time, which in most of these systems you can't do that. And the the latency or the delay between when I make a sound and when someone hears that sound is very, very small. So small that that in the best case it actually sounds like you're right next to, to one another in the same room. And you can't use typical meeting systems like Zoom to play music like like that, right? Um, and so what, what happens then is we've now had musicians who are playing concerts together who have never even met in Mm. person and probably would never have met if not for the platform right Uh, and then we also have and so that then allows us to present interesting combinations of musicians that audiences might never otherwise have gotten to hear Mm. Um, and then for for the for the audiences it's fairly i think it's very interesting because firstly they get a really um, up-close experience, very intimate experience with every musician because, you know, the camera is up close. It's typically like a webcam on a computer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the sound quality is, is excellent and it's and it, and very high quality. And, and so because you might wonder, well, how could, how, how could the sound be better than, say, you know, in-person experience? Well, it often can be because often in an in-person experience, if you're in a venue sometimes where there's crowd noise and everyone's talking, if you're at the back of the room, right, or if the acoustics in the room are not very good, it can actually be terrible, right, in, in, a, yeah. in a live uh, in-person setting. So the audience gets to experience something that's very intimate and up close and they get to hear and see things that they don't often get to hear or see in person, like they get to hear the musicians talking about the tunes between each tune and say, oh, how are we going to do this tune? You know, how fast are we do? Oh, no, maybe we should do it, you know, faster or whatever, oh. right? And and you don't necessarily always get to hear that, right? Uh, and you get to see everything up close and if you're sort of interested in, in say, instrument technique, you know, what the guitarist is doing with their fingers and all that, you can see all that, that stuff happening. Uh, and so it's a very interesting experience and, uh, and I, you know, I don't – like it – like every medium, it has its pros and cons, right? It's different to an in-person experience. Uh, and so what, what is interesting is in, in the beginning, we did this because we had to. We had no choice because there was no other way for us to make music together. And then we were thinking, okay, well, once the pandemic is over, we won't need this anymore, right? Um, but it turns out that that the, the performance experience is a very interesting and unique thing. And also the other thing that's been amazing is we discovered – how incredibly efficient we can be in terms of time and money uh, with rehearsals because we don't have to travel anywhere. And if, especially if you're a music, musician that plays harp or drums or anything that takes a lot of you know, effort to, 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 to cart around, to transport around and to set up and tear, tear down, you don't have to do any of that now. And you can mm. actually just get online, perform, you know, rehearse with one band or one ensemble and then to switch to the next room and, and start rehearsing with another group, right? And so that's incredible uh, in terms of saving time and time and money, you know. And, for example, I've got a group right now that is doing some testing and they are a musical theatre group. They do these, like, Broadway productions and they normally fly the cast in for rehearsals mm. way before the show actually starts the, the performances and that costs a lot of money to, to do that, Right. Um, so if, if they can just rehearse from their homes, you know, in different parts of, of you know, the country in the this in in the US in this case, uh, you know, that that's that's a huge time saver. So yeah, it's it's uh, you know we're still discovering. I'm still discovering so much about this, and and of course we don't know what the future 
holds right with the pandemic. And uh, but I, I I really do think that it is, and I think the musicians who have been involved in it ha- have discovered that it it really is. It, it's turned out to be something more than we thought it was going to be. We thought it was just going to be like a temporary, hmm. temporary thing. Um, but I, I think it'll it'll live on in in various forms, just like I think many of us already know, and many of us are already in situations in our workplaces where companies, some companies have said we're never going back to the office in some yeah. cases, right? Or yeah. some of them said maybe we will go back to the office, but we'll be doing a lot more things virtually. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me a little bit to the beginning of our conversation about improvisation. So first you use it because you have a problem and you want to fix it. So you just take all these uh, new tools and when you don't need it anymore because the, the main problem changed, then you stay with it and you try to to elaborate and you work on, on, on the real benefits. So then the medium gets really something new, like you just, um, uh, like just mentioned. Yeah, well, and even when the thing that, that you did was a mistake, right, or something <laughs> that was totally unplanned, and that even happens in music sometimes. I mean, you play something or you go to try to play something and you, you, you fumble and, you, and it doesn't come out the way you expected it. And then you go, oh, well. Actually, that's pretty good. I like that. Or, or another musician actually responds back and repeats the thing or something, right? And, and then all of a sudden now it is a thing, right? Now it's an intentional, yeah. positive thing, even though, you know, it, it wasn't planned, right? Yeah. I, I can imagine if someone is listening now to, to our talk, they, they also think, hey, well, if this is such high quality, why don't we have a comparable high quality with our meetings? And maybe it's also good to share how exactly you do it because you rehearse, you can you direct different things, and you're also using different ways um, how to uh, and more than than one uh, camera, right? Yeah. So there's a couple of things there. One is that we, firstly, in terms of everyone who is connected to the system, like the musicians, we demand uh, a sort of a, a, a minimum level of 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 connectivity and equipment. Right, just like for us to do this recording here, right? You said to me, make sure you're connected by Ethernet, right? I say the same thing with my servers. No, Wi-Fi absolutely will not work. It's not acceptable, right? Uh, and yes, in some cases, in some cases, Wi-Fi can be okay if you're standing right next to the Wi-Fi router and nothing else sort of in- interferes and so forth, right? And I often say that you know Wi-Fi is okay until it's not okay. You know, it's like you're going along and the sound seems fine and all of a sudden you hear or something, right? Um, and so, you know, you have to have a little bit of equipment uh, like, a, like a USB audio interface to get the sound in and out of your computer, yep. you know, and a good microphone and other things like that, right? Uh, and, and it's interesting because, you know, people who, you know, a lot of people are in these Zoom meetings now and sometimes, you know, you know the quality, the audio and the video quality is terrible and it's not necessarily the service it's because just their setup is terrible right and yeah. they're, they're they're on wi-fi and their router is in their basement of yeah. their their house right and 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 you know and everyone else is on the internet using stuff right and it's overloading the you know the bandwidth and so forth right so so one one is you know sort of the the equipment but yeah the other thing that you you alluded to is that uh one of the things i really wanted when uh when i designed this system was that Uh, what I discovered, like I think many musicians discovered during the pandemic, is when we had to start live streaming from our homes, mm-hmm. typically as solo acts, or if we were fortunate enough to live with another musician, we could perform with them and you know perform maybe as a duo. It was overwhelming to try to play, to perform music and deal with all this technology, right, yep. that, that we have to deal with with live streaming and and I went through all of that right and I had you know disasters happen and things not go well and it and it's it's very distracting and so one of the things that I wanted was with my service is that when you're online and you're performing that there is someone who is in the space with you who is behind oh. the scenes and so I typically am playing that role when I've been broadcasting these shows like the one I'm broadcasting tomorrow night at singspace.live and so when we're when the musicians are performing uh i can hear them and they can hear me and i can actually make it so that they can hear me but the audience can't hear me so i can say something to them and they'll hear hear it in their headphones so we can see and hear each other and i'm also controlling all of their audio the mix of their audio and the mix of their cameras you know what the audience sees 
So, you know, I'm basically running the studio behind the scenes and I'm putting, you know, the, the song titles up and the names of the artists and stuff like that so that they don't have to do any of that, right? So firstly, I'm, I'm there to try to make the quality, to raise the quality, but also they don't have to worry about it and they can just focus on performing, right? And yeah. I thought that was really important. And, and, and that that mirrors what you would have in an in-person experience in many cases. You go to a hall and there is an engineer there who is doing sound and, and everything else, right, and, and, and mm-hmm. setting everything up, right, and, and helping you. Yeah, it, it also sounds like a TV live uh, director yeah. uh, where, where you have the different cameras coming in and you decide where or, or what detail detail you show. Yeah, and you know one thing about that that I've discovered and I didn't really, this was totally an accident too, I actually realized how my experience as a musician helped me do a better job with that. You know, I'm not just randomly switching cameras, right? I mean, I actually mm. I have an idea of what's going to happen with the music and so I'm sort of a, like a little bit ahead, right, of what's going to happen. And, and uh, you know, like like often after the, you know, say in, in jazz, a, a lot of times when the musicians start trading, if they start trading fours or trading eights, I, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I know that that's going to happen. And so then I'm ready to go to switch yeah. to, the, to the drummer or something, right, because I, I know that, that that's, a, that's what's going to happen. And so, yeah, I try to do it in a musical way to support that. And I think that's another thing is that the musicians have really appreciated that right having someone who's a musician actually working that 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 stuff this also sounds like musicians would would easier uh pick up new technology and bring people together even even in an in an online situation uh yeah you know the, the whole the technology part of this has been interesting because another reason why i think there was never any success with this before at, at this level is it is there is a lot of stuff that you have to deal with both software and hardware it's not it's not a lot but it's you know the the, the level of familiar familiarity uh and even love for technology right with musicians mm. varies a lot right uh, and you've got yeah. some who are who you know play electronic instruments and they're very you know familiar with the stuff and they work with computers all the time and then there are some musicians who you know they don't even they don't even know much about microphones mm. right yeah. they've never micro- mic'd their instrument before and if they ever did it you know they just had an engineer do everything for them and they didn't have yeah. to worry about anything right so everyone has had to learn right a little bit uh, and uh, and we even just discovered so many things about you know reliability and because when you're performing live online, if stuff happens, right, well, you know, everyone is going, we're going to feel the impact of that, right? And so even just the smallest things of computer reliability, like with USB hubs failing mm. and stuff like that, right? Oh, like yeah. we, we discovered discovered these, these things, right? And, you know, it's how important it is to have backup systems, right? Yeah, so, so if I compare um, some meetings... And people just try to switch on like they would open a door and, and yeah, walk yeah. through it, and but it's it, it's much more and and uh, and and the learning part. So I really try to 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 imagine or try to understand why some people are not capable in understanding what they actually should do. And I can I can also uh, you know I have a lot of empathy with people. You just mentioned uh, the harp, for example. I don't know how many. Uh, microphones you, you you have to use to really um, uh, 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 capture everything that uh, that the harp uh, player uh, uh, is doing and but at the very end if it's a performance you have to be as good in that performance and if if it's just a meeting or if it's a concert more or less i i see a lot of uh, an- analogies yeah well you know the thing is that, that when you have a concert and people have paid money to hear that concert. If something goes wrong, right, that's not good. Now, but here's something else that is interesting, and here's, here's, here's what, what I found. So during the pandemic, you know, my wife is also a musician and we started doing live streaming and we had some of these technological disasters, some things that went wrong. And at one point my wife said, okay, we're not doing this live thing anymore, right? And, 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 and so we actually tried doing some pre-recording and on YouTube they do these things called premieres where you upload it and you play it at a scheduled time uh, and it sort of seems like it's live but it's not actually live, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but our audience told us they want 
the live thing, even, you know, with warts and all, even if stuff goes wrong, because that's part of the experience, right? And so even when stuff does go wrong, uh, and obviously you don't want it going wrong all the time, but for the rare occasions that it does happen, it's actually interesting uh, for the audience to sort of see what is going on and how do we deal with it just in the same way as, you know, how do we deal with, you know, other thing, other unknown things that happen within the music, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so that's been an interesting uh, experience. But yes, you know, definitely... And of course, it, it depends on how important the performance is. I, I remember, for example, you know, in, when I was in tech, that if we had a very important keynote speech or something at a conference, you know, you showed up with two laptops and you yeah. ran the slides, you know, the PowerPoint or whatever on two laptops in parallel, right? Just in case, just in case one of them crashed, right? Uh, you know, so, you know, you have to think about these things, right? If it's something that's fairly fairly important, right? And of course, these things can happen in an in-person music performance too. I mean, you can break a string on your violin, right? Or anything can happen, right? And so if it's a very, very, very important performance, you're going to bring a second violin yeah. with you, right? Or you need someone who can help you very quickly. Yes, so there, that's right. I think there, there are yeah. videos like, uh, I don't know, John Mayer or B.B. King while playing uh, that's, yeah, and just yeah, that's changing right. the guitar that's, that's strings. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, and uh, I even can, uh, I, I remember I was uh, at the Berlin Philharmonic and everyone was, uh, and I was backstage and there was a, um, a violin soloist and standing backstage and the people were already clapping um, his uh, his string uh, uh, lose some some tension yeah. and he was so 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 yeah little panic and then the yeah, first yeah. violinist took the took the violin and just tuned it for him and and, right. and I thought wow that, how can you how can, how can you be so The, the mix between empathy, practicality, and also on the spot. Per, that was a performance too. And that's really nice when you, when you work with people that have um, uh, also a lot of experience and also know their instrument, even when it doesn't work. Yeah, and you know what? That, that story is very interesting too because it reminds me of something that I learned in tech, right? And that is, you know, when I was, when I was managing projects with, with a lot of people, with hundreds of people, and, you know, when there are things that are going wrong, When, when you have one of those days when like everything just seems to be going wrong, right? Um, and you have many people who are involved. Uh, and if you're the leader or one of the leaders on the project, uh, if you get upset and you lose your cool, right, it, it really is not a helpful thing because everyone feels that, right? And what people really, really want in a lot of cases, they want someone who is going to, you know, calm things down and, and come up with a plan and say, you know, and lead people out of the chaos, right? Uh, and so that, that's something I, I learned, uh, you know, at some point and I thought, okay, that, that's a really important thing, right? Like, you know, I have to make sure. And so, so that's one of the things that I think has, I've been successful as a band leader because I, I always tried to have that, right? And, and people liked working with me because I was always just relaxed and I made it fun, right? And, and even when, and to me, one of the things that was important is that even if we made little mistakes in the music, it didn't really matter. And you know what? Those things were like, they're gone in an instant, right? No yeah. one is re remembering it, right? Especially if it's not even being recorded, right? Um, yeah. But if everyone is smiling on stage and having fun, the audience that, you know, that's infectious, right? And the audience loves seeing the musicians having fun and they're smiling, too right but if you get everyone all tensed up right and trying to you know and and that's that's one of the things that you know we would often do in the ottawa jazz orchestra we would do things that were very very difficult sometimes with you know, not enough rehearsal sometimes right mm -hmm. because we were dealing with with sort of lack of money to be able to pay musicians enough and and uh so we got very good at trying to you know figure out how do we use our time in the rehearsals efficiently and work on the things and some things you just have to say that's good enough, hmm. right? And, and, and that's, I think, I think a really important point too. And, and I think a lot of companies are really realizing that now in tech in that, you know, when you try to make decisions, sometimes you've just got to say, you know what, you're not going to, you know, you're never going to be a hundred percent sure. You're 70% sure that's good enough, right? Yes. There's a 30% chance you might get it wrong. Right. But you know, the cost of not making a decision could be a lot higher, right? So let's just go with this, right? And, you know, that's interesting when you play live on stage 
because you, there's no luxury of stopping and saying to the audience, hold on, wait a minute, you know, we, yeah. need to, we just realized something and we, that, that we didn't know before and we've got to figure it out. No, you've got to keep going, right? Yeah. And, and just, just work with what you have, right? And that, that, you know, that's improvising, right? That's what like, improvising means to come up with a solution even when you are not ready, even when you, you know, didn't even expect the thing to happen, but you know, you've got to do it. And the, the interesting thing is that everybody actually does that in their life, right? We all do that in some form, whether you know, it's as parents or as teachers or anything else, right? We all are improvising in, in various ways. My question would be, how can you learn, and as you just mentioned, how can you learn not losing your cool in, in situations? Or is this trainable? Is this learnable? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's just in the same way that, because people say, how can you how can you practice improvisation? Well, you can, because, you know, jazz musicians uh, and other musicians who improvise, they, they practice improvisation all the time, right? And there are sort of exercises for it. Um, but in the same way, you, you know, so as an example, um, you know, um, Amazon, you know, runs this, 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 uh, this platform that we now know as Amazon Web Services, AWS. Yep. And... Uh, And they have this thing that sort of became quite famous in the industry called Chaos Monkey, which is some software that they ran, which basically throws spanners or wrenches in the works deliberately, like shuts down whole servers or shuts down whole data centers, right, to try to, to throw some chaos in there so that the systems can be resilient, so you can build resilience into, this, into the system so that they can cope with those kinds of failures, right? And so, yeah, you know, the only way to really to, to, to get good at this stuff is to go through it, right, is to deal with to deal with those bad, bad things. And, hey, let's see what happens if we just pull the plug <laughs> on this computer, which is supposed to be a critical, you know, system, right? Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, th I think if you are, I mean, that, that, that's the thing that, you know, when we're all younger and we, and we think we know everything, right, and we don't really understand the benefit of experience, right, Um At, but the, the experiences of going through, I mean, it's like they say, you know, what doesn't, what doesn't kill you makes you tougher or stronger, right? Because right. you learn from all of those, those failures and fumbles and, and missteps and, and things that were unexpected. And, and, you know, you take all of that, I think, and, and then you try to, to you, you firstly, you, you, you become more resilient and you, 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 you figure out, you know, what are the things that are important, like, you know, Like, like maintaining your core and, and trying to sort of keep that positive environment for, for other people. Yeah, there, there are different aspects uh, to it. One, it's um, that makes us all human. So w we will make a mistake some, some mm -hmm. way yeah. or the other. And uh, another one that's a little bit hidden um, about the professional music, uh, know your instrument. And or even know your instruments. And if I have to be online now, for what reason? I have to know. I really have to master that instrument too. Yeah, and yeah, some people yeah. didn't ask for this, but um, but that's that's essential. And I think when you have um, sessions and one of the the, the one of the people or uh, the the participants uh, is the, is the, the the weak part, but the weak part only on the technical aside that's a problem for everyone so it's not just you you could uh, um, yeah you, for the same thing you could rather have someone who's not on that level but technically very uh, good instead of that you have one yes. one person with a lot of quality and it doesn't come through yes yeah and so i've been dealing with with that in various forms and yeah in fact inevitably in most ensembles there is someone who's going to be the least familiar with technology and and the you know is going to be having more trouble than than other people right uh, and i do a lot of one-on-one -on -one, you know with people getting online with them and walking them through stuff and in some cases even walking them through computer 101 stuff that's got nothing to do with my service yeah. right so it's got to use with, <laughs> you know deal with using their computer uh and uh yeah so you know i mean we're living in a new time right where people everyone is having to learn uh because yes uh, you know for what we're doing online now technology is an, an important thing and you know what's been interesting too is even a lot of the things to do with my service and you, you know you can sort of see this if you read some of the, the stuff on the website 
even when I say to people, or people say to me, um, okay, so I understand, Adrian, that I need a, a very good internet connection, like a fast internet connection. And they'll say, I've got a 100 megabit download or something. Is that fast enough? And then I have to explain to them, well, actually, that that's bandwidth. That's download bandwidth. It's actually one of the least important things. The thing that mm. I actually care about is latency, is the time that it takes to send the data from one point to another, right? And that's a thing that the internet companies never talk about, right? Yeah. So we're learning all of these little things, even about the things that we already had, you know, mm. that we used to measure in one way, and we turn, it turns out that that's actually not an important thing, right, for what we're trying to do. It's other things that we actually have to, to measure. And then when we find out that the latency is too high, then we have to go to the internet company and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you know. So, yeah, I mean, we're learning all the time. And, and it's also a little bit about the gear. So if because the latency uh, also has to do with the with the preamp or uh... yeah, there's two parts to it, right? So when you know, for example, when I'm making the sound now and you're hearing it, right? There's sort of two basic things. One is that there's like the delay is that there's some network delay, the transmission time that it takes to send the data. But then there's also audio processing delay on my end and your end, right? That it takes for my sound to go into my system and convert it to digital and then on the other end for you to convert it back to, to analog for you to hear it. Um, and, and yes, if you have, uh, you know, some equipment, for example, you know, like I, like with my service, I always want people to be using a, a USB audio interface, which is a small box, typically like maybe a hundred dollars and you plug a microphone into that and you plug that into the computer. USB microphones, for example, they don't work very well. And so some pe people will say to me, Oh, I've got like a, Uh, XYZ, you know, microphone, USB microphone, will that work? Yeah. And, and it turns out that that microphone, which they thought was fairly good and works for their Zoom meetings for speaking, is actually very high latency yeah. and is actually oh. not very good for this this kind of, of thing, right? Um, you know, or, you know, as, you know, we find out, for example, someone got a microphone and it's a condenser microphone, which is very, very sensitive, normally used in a studio environment, it picks up everything in the room. And so now I hear their computer fan, I hear their fridge, I hear like all this stuff, right? Which is which is not what we want, right? Uh, so you know, yeah. Again, what, more learning. What would be your? Is there a tip, or let's say for for the business world, what they could learn from musicians in these times? And you mm. just mentioned a lot. Yeah. So is there yeah. is there one golden thing that you say, you know? Maybe just hire musicians because they they might have <laughs> more experience in handling uh, 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 equipment. Yeah. So so I think the thing that that what musicians can offer, right? And you know, not just musicians, but but other performance artists, right? Is it's performing, right? Like people who are performers, they understand obviously because that's what they do for a living right and and here's the the interesting thing so what's happened in the pandemic we are now all like performing on zoom right and yeah. these 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 systems and we're all broadcasting right we're all having to learn how to do these things and people are learning oh Geez, I need I need some better lighting, and I need to you know do these things to set up my camera so that it's not looking you know up at my face, right? And 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 all these other things, right? And uh, but you know as part of performing, uh, there are so many things that need to happen. And and you know one of the things you said before is you know knowing your instrument, right? And you know one of the things that's interesting is when you're on stage and you're performing, if you are not very proficient at your instrument whether it's technology or your musical instrument or anything else if you're having to spend 100 of your brain cpu thinking about every little thing you know where you're going to put your fingers on the instrument and all that stuff you now have zero percent left to interact with the other people in the ensemble to read what the audience is is you know how they're reacting all these other things, right, let alone to, to, to then, you know, recognize when there's a problem, something failed or something didn't go well and how are you going to fix it, right? So, you know, that proficiency with technique means that you can – there's a lot of things that we all – when we're proficient at them, we can do them on autopilot. We don't even have to think about them, right? And and many of us have things like that because we've done them so many times and we're so, so proficient at them. But that – what that does is it allows us to then – spend the rest of that time not not just doing nothing but actually hopefully using it in a positive way and and using it to read what's going on and so as an example you know like when you look at companies that are just not 
engaged with their audience with their audiences or their customers and are not reading what you know you know what's happening you know how the customers are feeling right like you wonder you know what is going on now part of it could be because the technique of and all the other technical things that are going on are overwhelming them right and they don't have any cpu in the organization left to focus on that you know to be aware of that other stuff you know so i i mean one of the things i wrote about in my book a lot and i talk about a lot is is about awareness right that's one of the most important things right and if you look at awareness there's you know individual awareness and we can look at team awareness and we can look at organizational awareness and environmental awareness i mean it's at at so many levels and you know when we go through even our day-to-day lives you encounter people all the time who you you think okay that person is not very self-aware even when you're driving you know you're you're driving down the highway and you're behind some person and the person has the indicator flashing Hmm. but they're going in a straight line there's nowhere to turn (laughs) and it's just like flashing (laughs) flashing flashing for like 20 minutes and the person has no clue right and you wonder okay you know like this person is not aware are they distracted what what's going on right and and so you know we see this all the time at so so many levels i i, I wonder um i know that I'm, I, you know this is a long answer to this but i wonder if um if you're aware of 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 like colonel john boyd and the sort of the whole uda uda theory so no, he's a no, he's he's someone that 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 I think everybody should know about. So, so Colonel John Boyd, B-O-Y-D, he was a he was an Air Force um, fighter pilot, and he became very famous in the military circles and in business later on. And he um, he taught aerial combat, like around the Korean War, and and he was also responsible for for. Uh, helping to design some of the very famous uh, jet jet fighters. Um, and he, his nickname was actually 40-second Boyd, meaning the, the amount of time, 40 seconds. And they called him that because he had this bet that if he was in a dogfight position in, in the air, that if he was in front of an aircraft that was behind him that could kill him, within 40 seconds he could reverse the positions and take the other person out. And so he worked he he worked in an environment that was a very high risk environment. Like if you don't if you don't win, you're dead, right? You get yeah. blown out of the sky. Anyway, he came up with this theory called OODA, O O D A, uh, which stands for observe, orient, decide and act. And what he what he talked about is that everybody especially if you're up in the sky, but every other activity that you're doing, you are constantly in this little execution loop. We're constantly observing and seeing what is going on and not just with our eyes, with our ears or with data or any any way that we, we, we get stuff in and then we are orienting ourselves to all that data, trying to make some get some information from that and then use that to make a decision and then we have to act on the decision, right? And, and his idea was that you need to make a better quality decision faster than the other person if you're going to survive right and so this is a thing that i you know like you if you think about this you can you see musicians doing this all the time right but but one of the things that my main point here is that the second step in that thing um sorry the first step in that uh, observing is the awareness part yes so so if you don't even have the awareness then you you, it's like it's all over already (laughs) Uh, you, right. you you have then the DA theory, so you yes. decide and <laughs> yes. then act. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it means that you are you are actually then making decisions without a whole lot of stuff that you actually needed, right, to make the better quality decision, right? right? Because you weren't even aware of it, right, in the yeah. first place. And you see this all the time, actually, even with musicians. Sometimes people are playing, and someone did something that was really cool, and someone just totally <laughs> missed it. They didn't they didn't even hear it, right? Uh, or someone actually made a mistake. And they didn't, you know, something happened and someone could have been there to help save them and say, yeah. bing, ding, 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 yeah. hey, we're actually here, you know, and they didn't do that, right? So, you know, that awareness, like, so in jazz, we talk about people with big ears, you know, yeah. not not yeah. like Mickey Mouse, but it means, you know, that they, they hear everything, right? Yes. And they're aware of everything. And so, yeah, that's, that's to me is the most important thing, right, is, is awareness, not just, you know, in business, but I mean, also as, as individuals in everything, that we do in, in relationships and, and so much more. 
Yeah, I, I call it in the music thinking framework, listen, tune, play and perform. Right. Why listen goes through all of them. And that's what we're doing as musicians. We listen all the time in all these faces. Yes. So I, I like very much this, the 40-second void <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the musicians that come together. Well, you know, it, it's an example also that, again, because we all tend to think that we are special, <laughs> right, and that, that you know, and, and in the end, really, regardless of what we do, whether we're fighter pilots or jazz musicians or, you know, c you know business consultants or whatever, right, I mean, a lot of the things are the same, It's just that the domain and the discipline and the techniques are all obviously very specific, right? Um, but the, the the fundamental principles of the way that we 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 execute, right, and the way that we you know we we make decisions, it's a lot of it's the same stuff, right? So that that's an important thing because it means that you can learn from so many. There are so many opportunities to learn, right? And even at, in fact, even if you go out in nature, and I wrote about this a little bit in my book, and you watch animals how groups of animals do certain things together, the way they collaborate, it's incredible, right? Uh, and so, you know, there's so many opportunities for us to learn to, to get better in, in terms of how we, how we work together as, as people. And, and, you know, even, even if you're not in business, right, I mean, if you look at what's happening today with the pandemic, right, it's very much we're all in this together, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, and so, you know, we have to figure it out, out together, right? And so I think we're, we're all very much aware of that now probably more so than, than before yeah we're all performing every day yes yeah absolutely adrian thank you very much for sharing all these analogies and already really bringing it together all these uh, patterns and make a great uh, synthesis out of it thank you very much thank you it was a, a pleasure thank you so much for listening i really appreciate this Because listening is one of the top leadership skills and I feel honored about this. It is my mission to find, create and share inspirations for meaningful collaboration based on music analogies. If you want to support this, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating or write a review on iTunes or Spotify. And more inspirations can be found on musicthinking.com. We have a blog and you can download the Music Thinking Framework. And finally, I would love to hear your feedback. And if you need help with a business challenge, please reach out to me via email podcast at musicthinking.com. <laughs>